Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle Podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle Program, and I am your host, Chris Angle. I've written four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics. This week, we're going to talk about the new definition of a free market. And we need to do that because uh, when we take a look in a dictionary, such as here, I think it was from Merriam-Webster, I'm not sure, uh, it said something like, the definition of free market, one, an economy operating by free competition. Two, an economic market or system in which prices are based on competition among private businesses and not controlled by a government. Well, there's a problem here because in the definition of a free market, the use of the free, the word free, appears in the definition itself. So we need to know what free here is, and it doesn't really tell us what a market is here. Let's go over here to Investopedia and what is a free market. The free market is an economic system based on supply and demand with little or no government control. It is a summary description of all voluntary exchanges that take place in a given economic environment. Free markets are characterized by a spontaneous and decentralized order of, of arrangements through which individuals make economic decisions. Based on its political and legal rules, a country's free market economy may range between very large or entirely black market. Again, we don't understand the, or we haven't been given the definition of strategic or important terms here used, such as exchange, voluntary, another word for freedom. So we need to know what freedom is. We need to know what an exchange is in order to understand what's going on here. From the uh, Liberty and Economics, uh, Liberty of Economics and Liberty uh, Dictionary, um, provided by Murray Rothbard, free market is a summary term for an array of exchanges that take place in society. Each, each exchange is undertaken as a voluntary agreement between two people or between groups of people represented by agents. These two individuals or agents exchange two economic goods, either tangible commodities or non-tangible services. Again, we don't understand some of the, uh, like an agreement, what's the nature of an agreement, and free agreement. So we need to know free, uh, what is freedom, what is an agreement, what is an exchange. Uh, here's another dictionary from uh, thebusinessdictionary.com where buyers and sellers can make the deals they wish to make without any interference, except by the forces of de demand and supply. A stock market comes closest to, to this ideal. Okay, the stock market is an example of the free market, so we don't really understand yet what is the free market. So let's begin. Let's find out what it is. Well, the definition or essence of the free market is composed of one dictum and four corollaries. The first dictum of economics, life seeks that which is good for it. 
And that is the first dictum of all of life, including all of economics. Life always seeks that which is good for it. There are uh, some exchanges. There are, there are some. Uh, sometimes there is a, an aberration. You have suicide every once in a while, but generally, life seeks that which is good for it. So, to that dictum, there are four corollaries. First corollary: the nature of freedom and its priorities. Freedom is the construction of priorities, and then the effectuation of those priorities. Aha! So what is a priority? Well, when we have a consciousness, all life has consciousness, and stimuli come to the, to the consciousness, either exterior or interior stimuli. That from within your body comes to your consciousness. That outside of your body, the information from, from your environment comes to your consciousness. And when it does, this information, this stimuli is information. And the information comes into your consciousness. And then your consciousness says, well, is it important or not? So when it recognizes a piece of information that is important to itself, it attaches a priority to it. And that priority makes it that information a piece of knowledge. So let's take an example. One day you get up in the morning and, by gosh, by golly, your stomach starts to ping. And you realize you're hungry. The information from your body pings the consciousness and says, by gosh, consciousness, you are hungry. So the consciousness says, okay, that's a priority, especially as time goes on, that pinging becomes louder and more prevalent, and so it attaches an importance to the hunger. And when it does, it becomes a piece of knowledge. The knowledge is that you are hungry. So what do you do about it? Well, it's a priority. As the priority enlarges because you become more and more hungry. You take that priority and you put it right up to the top of the list and you go down to the grocery store to get some food because you know you have to quell these pangs of hunger. So when you effectuate that priority to go down to the grocery store, you've taken that piece of knowledge and you're going to make a sacrifice that we make in order to receive a reward. So you're going to sacrifice you're going to make a sacrifice of going down to receive food which will quell the pangs of hunger. And when we do so, we sacrifice our time, we sacrifice our effort, we sacrifice whatever material that's involved in in our priority, such as we use a car and uh, we spend time to go down to, uh, to get food, and we spend our effort, and we use our information and our knowledge in order to, to, to know how to get down there. Uh, and we do this in an atmosphere of risk because it, there is some risk in going down to the grocery store. And we do this to achieve a reward. And this is the exchange that we were talking about in the, uh, in the various definitions 
that we that we had previously. What did I do with them? Okay. Anyway, so those definitions are now uh, used uh, use the word exchange, and so here is the exchange, and the exchange is a sacrifice equals a reward, and within that sacrifice is the risk, the information and knowledge, the time, the effort, and the material that you used in order to make, uh, in order to achieve your reward. And once freedom is established, that is, the construction of those priorities and the effectuation of those priorities, then you get something else. You get motivation. And that's our corollary number two. Because in economics, all these effectuations of priorities are behind it is a, is a motivation. And the motivation is the comparative relationship between the sacrifice and the reward. So when we make our sacrifice using our time and our effort and our material and our in an atmosphere of risk to retrieve a reward, we compare the amount of the sacrifice to the reward. If it's a great reward and a small sacrifice, the motivation is large. And one way to, uh, to receive a reward efficiently is to sometimes join up with others in a cooperative manner to achieve a reward. Manufacturing is almost entirely a cooperative venture of people sacrificing their time and their effort and using their knowledge to receive a reward. So that brings us to corollary number three. Cooperative behavior is the sacrifices that individuals make in order to achieve a reward for each participant. And each participant has the additional knowledge that each participant will have greater efficient goodness together than if it were to do the project alone. So when individual members of a society band together as a cooperative to produce something, such as a good or a service, they do so in, in realizing that the cooperative group becomes more efficient than if the individual participants were to struggle to make the same product individually alone. So in essence, when the participants realize that as a group, they can produce more goodness than they could individually. And that this extra goodness accrues to the individuals themselves, the individuals decide to cooperate together because there is an incentive to do so, which is the extra goodness. And in order to produce cooperative behavior, which is the, which is the knowledge that working together with other people will result in, in the greater ability to produce goods and services, which is good, and which allows us to, to live better, we consider others with whom we cooperate important to our lives. And thus, we make instruments of cooperation such as agreements, covenants, and contracts. And so, cooperative behavior is the sacrifice of two or more persons to obtain a reward and... They sacrifice their knowledge, their time, the effort, amidst an environment of risk to obtain a reward. Both of these people, or 
or, or more together cumulatively will be sacrificing their, their time and effort and knowledge and sometimes their material in an atmosphere of risk to produce either goods or services. So cooperative behavior is two or more life entities adding together their time, effort, knowledge, and risk to retain, to attain that reward. And we make the sacrifices together because the common reward to get that common reward because the participants perceive that the reward has goodness. And we're going to sum that up in a little equation, the sacrifice, and we can make it a little equation by saying R-I-T-E-M, risk, knowledge, time, effort, and material, equals the reward. And with any contract or agreement, there are rights and obligations. There is a right to receive something in any agreement, and there's an obligation to give something. And it's, it exists for each party involved. So, for example, if you're in a store and you go to, to the cash register, the, the clerk there, and uh, you, you've, got a, you've got something you want to buy, your obligation is to give the price of the object that you want to buy to the cashier. And it is your right to receive that object. And across from you is the cashier whose obligation is to give you that object that you, that you wish to purchase. And their right is to receive your money. So in any contract, you have uh, participant A has, a has an obligation and a right, and participant B and all others have their individual obligations and rights that they have to perform in order to consummate any contract. And now this brings us to corollary number four in our quest to find an essence for the, for the free market enterprise. And that is competition. Remember in our original definition, some of them uh, included competition. And competition is the convergence and divergence of the priorities by two or more entities. And this divergence of priorities is the law of differentiation. Divergence from the market priorities fulfilling new demand to deliver new goodness. All life knows that direct competition is inimical to one's health, so it attempts to diverge away through differentiation. So, you can see this in any store that you go into. You go into the uh, toothpaste counter at your local pharmacy, and you can see that many different types of toothpaste compete for your attention, for, the, for you to buy their particular product. But at the same time, those companies that produce all that toothpaste, they try to differentiate their product and make it a little bit different from others that are competing with them. They might make it less expensive. They might add some ingredients that make it taste good. They might say, well, this operates uh, is a higher quality. And each of these attempts is a divergence away from direct competition. So you have both a convergence of priorities, that is, 
the selling toothpaste. But at the same time, you have a divergence away from selling of, of your toothpaste by differentiation. And so we can sum it up that free market enterprise equals the nature of that which is good and that all life entity seeks that which is good. Freedom, the effectuation and uh, the, uh, uh, the making of the instruction of priorities and the effectuation of those priorities into a sacrifice versus a reward. And the motivation, which is the comparative sacrifice, comparing the, the sacrifice to the reward, plus cooperation when more people are involved, plus competition. So we can make a little uh, equation here. Free market enterprise equals the good, plus freedom, plus motivation, plus cooperation, plus competition. Thank you for joining me and the philosophical angle, and we'll discuss this more in the future about the free market enterprise. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.